Hello and welcome back to Keeping It Candid. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Millie. And I was supposed to introduce Lauren and I've now not. But <laughs> We've literally just talked about that. I know, but I mean, it's Monday. You know how it is. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's sunny in Glasgow, so I am, I'm loving it. It's, it's great. so sunny here as well. It's lovely. What have you been yeah. doing today? Well, I spent most of the day in, working in the balcony and I have tan lines, which I never thought I would see the day where I'd get tan lines from being in Glasgow. It's wonderful. Do you know what Feeling that is? That. Yeah, that's impressive. How was your weekend? Yeah, good. I had like a super productive Saturday and felt very smug about it. I went for my first 10k run in like a year. I've not run distance like that in forever. So I went for a 10k and felt super smug about it, so decided to drink myself into oblivion, <laughs> which I felt very much less smug about on a Sunday morning. I was like, oh my God. And you know, like one of my biggest fears is running out of alcohol, which I think sounds ridiculous, but you know, the moment where you realise that you've like had the last of the bottle of wine or had the last of the gin mm. and you have to go to like the depths of the drinks cupboard and you're pulling out, you know, the alcohol that's been sitting there for like four or five years and you don't touch oh. it because it is probably toxic. Oh, yeah. Like, well, well, that's that's what I did. Um, I've been drinking so Jaeger I- and Coke. That is not a mix <laughs> made in heaven. It's, it's not supposed to be drunk together. No, that's no. not. I, mean, no. I don't mean out of choice. I mean, when I get to the dregs, that's what my dregs are. Because I have Jaeger about, because I work with them, and then also because I like Jaeger shots a lot. So, yeah. But then I... when everything else runs out, it's like, ah. Oh, Jaeger and Coke. That's fine. I was drinking tequila and soda. And not and not good tequila. It's not, it's not the fun time tequila. It's tequila that I got as a prize when I was on holiday like three years ago in Egypt and it comes in a plastic bottle. Nothing so... in plastic should be drunk surely that's not a good time for anyone. It wasn't and I felt it the next morning I was like thought I'd been run over by a car. Oh god. So yeah what I went from was... being super smug Saturday to shameful beer fear sunday <laughs> it's kind of normal weekends to be honest <laughs> we thought we would kick off the podcast this week with a good news story each to break up all of the shit news that's out there because there is so much shit news out there so much so much shit yeah. news out there what is your good news story of the week lauren um so i think i just wanted to uh, use this spot just to highlight the uh, goddess that is jacinda Ardern. Um, so the New Zealand Prime Minister, I think she she just slays absolutely everything. And she's, like, I think everything that she's ever done when it comes to, like, public announcements and stuff has always been really sort of well put together. She is, it just comes across like a really strong female leader. Um, and then last week over Easter, um, she was doing the briefings similar to what we have over here and um, she does the New Zealand daily briefings and one of the reporters kind of jokingly asked her about Easter during the lockdown and kids getting their Easter eggs and that sort of thing and it was all obviously like a completely 
right, like, left one question, like, she wasn't expecting that, and she came up off the cuff with, like, the best answer, and she's, she said in this, like, big announcement that the Easter Bunny and the Tooth Fairy were considered key workers, so they'd still be able to work during the time, which is obviously cute as hell, but then almost as she was talking, she was, like, realising about the pressures that are on parents at the moment and how they might not be able to get Easter eggs or they might be going through some financial hardships or they might not be able to give the pound under the... It wouldn't be a pound in New Zealand, would it? Um, I don't know what they have. Probably New Zealand dollars, no? Yeah, dollars sounds right. Yeah. Or the equivalent currency underneath the pillow for the tooth fairy. So she, like... So all of a sudden goes off on this bit about how um, how the Easter Bunny needs to also look after its bunny family. So if you don't get an egg, don't feel so don't feel bad. It's just because you know he needs to look after his family and like encouraged all the kids to like draw eggs and put it put them in their windows so that if other children didn't get eggs, then they could still go on like an Easter egg hunt basically. And I was like, just completely off the cuff. You've been asked, like, this random question during this serious pandemic where you're, like, holding your country together, and she has the brain capacity to come up with something like that. Like, mm. she's just brilliant. She like, is she brilliant, just fills, isn't she? It fills everybody with such joy. Like, oh, When um, there was the shooting in New Zealand and then she made guns and firearms illegal the week after, I think it was, yeah. that was incredible. It was just, like... She really leads by example. That's a she sets a wonderful example, and I think she's also she also came out and announced that obviously the elected officials um, are also taking a ten k pay cut, and she's the first one to get the pay cut. Mm. So she like she she doesn't just dictate what happens. She goes. She's kind of like a in the trenches sort of leader, and I think oh, it just yeah, she's done so well. So yeah, I think she's definitely. my, like, beacon of good news this week. So my good news story is that Michael Shea has paid his rent for his grandma's building. So it's incredibly sad because his grandma died from coronavirus. But after she died, he decided that he would pay the rent for everyone in that building. And he basically said on Instagram, It's crazy to me that residents of public housing are still expected to pay their rent when so many New Yorkers can't even work. Obviously, I can't offer much help by myself, but in the spirit and memory of my late grandmother, I'm paying one month's rent for all 160 apartments in the New York City Housing Authority building she lived in. How nice is that? Yeah. What a stand-up bloke. Yeah, that's just... Oh, yeah. It's, it's like, such a... It's such a small gesture in, like, the, the whole like bigger picture but it's these tiny like acts of kindness and obviously it's not tiny acts of kindness in regards to how much that's probably going to be but it's these small acts of kindness of like people pulling together and especially somebody that's been affected so so closely to like from COVID-19 and from the disease exactly. in order in yeah. turning his horrible experience into a positive mm. Yeah, it's in like it's just that sense of community and just yeah, yeah. No, it's a really incredible gesture. I think it's been a bit of a weird week. The death toll rising. I don't want to get too bleak too quickly. Um, but I've had this weird sense of guilt around feeling productive and actually starting to like sink into feeling okay about being in lockdown. I don't know how to describe it, but I can't. 
I feel bad for feeling okay while everything's going on because like there are people who are dying and like people who are putting their lives on the line it's easier when you're anxious and miserable because that's how I feel like I should feel yeah I've I completely I completely resonate with that I think it's difficult to sit and start feeling like the small wins of the day and be like oh that I've you know went out and done my first 10k in like over a year because I've got the time Mm. and like I'm spending more time at home and with my family and like seeing all of these positives when I'm seeing positives in what is a really horribly like drastic scenario yeah exactly that Mm. but yeah so that's I haven't really been able to concentrate on things like reading I've just sort of like lost myself in really shitty tv that has been like enjoyable which we can talk about later um and then yeah I don't know just things that aren't that don't use much brain power um but I have been listening to quite a lot of music and I thought it'd be nice if we shared some of our our favorite tunes every week Um, tune of the week tune of the week uh, so yeah, we're going to pick out three songs that we've been uh, listening to during the weeks. Um, and mine, my first one, is by The Streets and Tame Impala. And it's called Call My Phone, Thinking I'm Doing Nothing Better, and I Am Obsessed. So firstly, when, because Mike's going to put up an Instagram post on the 1st of April, and everyone thought it was an April Fool's, and it was like yeah. a full video, and I was like, nah, like surely not. So I text my friend who worked at Ireland and she was like, no, he is working on this mixtape and there are loads of collaborations. And then it actually came out. And do you know what? It's great. So here is yeah, Mike Skinner. And well, fuck, I need to stop saying Mike Skinner. It's the streets and Tim and Carla. Call and call my phone thinking I'm doing nothing better. I'm just waiting for it to stop so I can use it again. I was going to call you back. I swear... Just as soon as I felt... You call and call my phone thinking I'm doing nothing better. I'm just waiting for it to stop. So, so yeah, that's back. that. I don't know how much we're allowed to play, but um, <laughs> that's, a short, that's, a that's a short clip from it. Um, so mine's a little bit more mellow. Um, <laughs> I think that reflects my week. Um, but yeah, so one of, probably one of the songs that we'll from last week... Um, is actually by uh, a guy called Tom Ryder, um, and we went to university together, um, and he is stupidly talented, a really great musician, Um, but he's written a song called Key Worker, um, and he's released it on Spotify, he's released it on iTunes, and all the proceeds from all the downloads um, and all the streams of it go uh, direct to the NHS. Um, And it's just a really, it's, it's quite a... It's just a really nice acoustic type song, um, and it's got some really nice messages in it. And yeah, it's kind of like a chilled out Sunday vibe. But yeah, I'd recommend it, and obviously, all for a good cause. So yeah. So this is Key Worker by Tom Ryder. My second track of the week 
is by uh, Heady One, Fred Again and Jamie XX. And Fred Again and Jamie XX are two of my favorite producers. Uh, Fred Again is someone who I've come across more recently and then Jamie XX has obviously been like a long time love affair between me and him not knowing that I love him. Um, and then Heady One, I don't know if I actually knew Heady One, but he's a drill artist, but he's sort of like uh. expanded and now worked with Fred on this like collaboration um album and it's yeah it is a whole album but just this one track is called smoke and it's really 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 good and if you've not heard any of fred again's own stuff you should definitely go and check that out because he's making his own tracks and he does things like lifts the vocals from random places like instagram stories and then he produces it and makes it into like this incredible track and everything's really emotive and i love it which you can probably tell because I'm talking really fast and when I get really excited about something, I talk really, really fast. <laughs> He's sort of like my new James Blake, which is um, a bit of a big deal. I find yeah, myself wanting to try and for, yeah. like Instagram DM him. I think I, no, I, I have Instagram DM'd him to which he replied with like emojis. Which is quite naff, but never mind. We'll pretend that never happened. not everyone's cup of tea that's for sure but i love it in our music sort of genres i've probably got a more mellow type yeah i'd say so uh yeah yeah probably. i guess so yeah um yeah so my second one um is it's been out for a while actually um it's called it's sugar by brockhampton um but i've been so i think it came out in like january maybe um and I usually find a song and will listen to it like on repeat for a couple of weeks and then not listen to it again for like a year. And I've had this song on repeat for months now and I've still not got bored of it. Um, so yeah, I I love Brockhampton. Um, they're sort of young American rap group. Um, loved kind of what they've been doing for a couple of years. And it looked like a while back they were going to split up. It seemed there was a bit of tension. Um, but they have came back with a bang and um, they were supposed to be doing a tour actually um, and coming to the UK but obviously that's not happening anymore um, but mm -hmm. hopefully it'll be delayed or postponed because um, they'd be really cool live um, and also Dua Lipa completely randomly I don't really know how this happened but she done a remix of this song um, they might be in the same which, label or something yeah maybe it is I don't I I also like don't really get the remix. Like the remix is fine, but the original is definitely, definitely better. That's but, usually yeah. the way, isn't That's it? A... Uh, Sugar by Brockhampton. Spending all my nights alone, waiting for you to call me. You're the only one I want by my side when I fall asleep. Tell me what I'm waiting for. Tell me what I'm waiting for. And the whole song, but we need each other. The whole song, but we need each other. I'm on my way. So, the moving on, the NAF TV that I have hate watched all weekend, and Lauren has. How long have you watched this in? I've watched it in like nine, ten hours. Oof. Yep. I feel yeah. for you. I couldn't do it in one sitting. 
Um, I don't think I have brain cells left. No, probably not. But it's the new Netflix show, Too Hot to Handle. If you've not watched the show and plan on watching it, probably skip this part of the podcast as there's definitely going to be spoilers. Basically, like, the premise is that they've got a bunch of stupidly attractive boys and girls together. One second. Do you think they're stupidly attractive or conventionally attractive? I don't think any of them are stupidly attractive. Like, there's no one who is, like, oh, my God, celebrity kind of, like, beautiful. And no, because celebrities tend to be celebrities because they have, like, a talent. So they... So therefore, I feel as if they're more attractive because they're actually good at something, whereas these people are kind of just because you don't you don't really know them, you don't really know what they are, so they're just like attractive for like just aesthetically pleasing. But I I don't know, they're just kind of like they're they're the bog standards what you would think society thinks is attractive. But yeah, they so they've been all thrown together like in a villa, sort of same thing as Love Island, um, but. They all apparently have, like, severe commitment issues and just tend to sleep around, basically. And the whole premise is that they are not allowed to... They're not allowed to kiss. They're not allowed to have sex of any ki- on any kind. And they're not allowed to masturbate. No. And that's basically the rules of the house. And then there's a prize fund. And if they do do any of those things, like, a certain amount is deducted from the prize fund and what they could be potentially winning at the end. What I find really interesting about that as well is they're not told how much money is going to be deducted before they do it. So the first time someone kisses someone else, they don't know how much money is going to be taken. And I find that wild because it could have been like 20 grand for a kiss. But they were all saying, like, at the start, they all thought it was going to be like a couple of hundred dollars. They're yeah, like, they oh, were... yeah, it'll be like $200 until like the first one and it was like three grand mm. was dropped so i think because to them they they come from the premise that like it doesn't really matter that like, they can just basically have sex with whoever they want they yeah. see it as really invaluable so they were thinking it was going to be a lot less money if they kissed somebody than it actually turned out to be yeah, it's I mean, it was quite steep, though, to be fair, wasn't it? It was yeah. like, quite a lot of money. So the show is made by the same producers that made Love is Blind. Um, and I don't know, I, do, I found it incredibly disappointing that, once again, it's another show that's like, it's only heterosexual couples and it's gender binary contestants. It's just like, we're in 2020, and can we not just integrate these things together now? Yeah, it's also like... I f- so I watched Love is Blind as well. I don't, did I finish it? I don't even think I finished that, actually. But, like, I've always watched Love Island, and I watched this, the Too Hot to Handle program, and I knew exactly what was going to happen. Like, every, there was no shocks anymore because mm. we know how people like that act in these circumstances. We don't need to see it anymore. Like, we know what heterosexual couples that are like locked away with each other what they're going to do and especially there wasn't the anything certain, that happened yeah but they, they picked certain types of people as well right because i guess yeah. there's only certain types of people who want to be on a show that's like yeah. this but at the same time i don't know i felt like this show was really lacking proper characters um oh gosh but yeah. then that's that might be because of the it was only eight episodes long so if something's only eight episodes long 
you don't really get to know anyone properly you only really skirt the surface but I was talking to um one of the girls I know who work on Love Island and she was saying that maybe they only made eight episodes because there wasn't enough drama or content which I thought was a really interesting point and something I hadn't thought of I was like how could there have not been loads of drama in a month but like maybe they just ended up being really boring well, you could tell, like, there was a couple of the characters there that were, like, not adding anything, and they, they were super, like, boring people to watch, mm. but there's also, like, yeah, there, there was no type, there was people that were on it that were genuinely quite hilarious and, like, entertaining, but you can't really have more than eight episodes of somebody, like, one person holding up an entire programme. No, exactly. Yeah, I don't think there was, like, enough. Also, what I found was really weird. They were all from different countries. Why did you find that weird? I thought that was quite cool, because then everyone has a really different, like, background and culture, essentially, although not really, because they're all from English-speaking countries. But for for a programme, and it's similar to Love is Blind, for a programme that's all about trying to get people to have deeper connections, it's like... You, you live in different continents. Like, I, I just don't see... I, I th- and I think that's kind of where I, it becomes really transparent, that it's really... It's obviously they're only doing it for content and for people to watch it and, like, get a little bit of shock or whatever. From, that's such a good and point. And get, like, people talking about it. Yeah. But it's like, there's, there's a prize fund at the end, so there's only certain types of people that are going to put themselves in that position for the prize fund. Um, thing is though I don't think it's about the prize fund anymore is it really it's about when you come out of a show like that you are guaranteed a certain amount of followers and a certain amount of brand contracts and a certain amount of like celebrity do you think it'll work with this one though yeah do you know what it has done already so I went on one of their pages like on Saturday and um the, the, one of them was on 400k and she's now on 800k so yeah it's oh. it's working <laughs> oh my because i didn't i didn't yeah had no connection i've not wanted to look up any of them i did it I out of interest with that but that was uh, it's only from like a business point of view that i'm interested in it i'm not interested in yeah. it because i'm interested in them personally I'm only interested in like what they are actually gaining from it and whether maybe it seems like it's worth it. Um, who's your favourite person on it? Um, oh, I I don't know. I really loved Chloe. Same. Like, She's my favourite. I loved her. I thought she was brilliant. She was just, she was also like unapologetically the bimbo, but it wasn't as if like she was playing up and being like, oh, I'm really thick. It was just like, yeah, I'm a bit thick, but I'm also hilarious and super goofy. And she also you know, had brilliant morals, don't you think? Like when um, Francesca went on a date with uh, the guy who Chloe liked, and then Chloe turned around to her and said, "You've already got someone in here. Like, why would you go on a date with him when I had mm. told you that I liked him?" And that's just like yeah. sort of really bad girl code, essentially. She just seemed to actually have her head screwed on. She seemed like a genuine person. Yeah, and when and when that guy like is it Corey or Corey or something? I've got a, no idea really what his name is. <laughs> for like the British guy, but um, he when whenever he like basically screwed her over, she was just like really strong in that scenario. Like she didn't she didn't run off and like cry and make a whole drama about it. And when she spoke to him about it, she was basically like, "This is 
this is why you're trash. And he was really immature and, like, walked away from the conversation. And she was just like, yeah, I don't need you. Like, I don't I don't need to cry over this. No. And I really liked that. She was just, like, really strong. And, like, yeah, had her head screwed on. Good on her. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad we agree on that. I think she was the only person who I actually really liked on it, in fact. I found the Jesus guy very entertaining. Oh, yeah, but just in a way that was all sort of fake and, <laughs> oh, just a typical, like, hippie traveller boy. No, you would find him by a fire with a guitar. He's Oh, not a guitar, a ukulele. Oh, like, the yeah, exactly. Def- yeah, <laughs> yeah. And the thing that he That's said about right. sowing his seed around the world, I'm like, <gasps> sorry? Oh my god, I forgot about that. That was like the first episode, and I was like, what is going on here? I just want to, I just want to sleep with loads of people and make loads of people pregnant around the world. I'm like, mate, what? It's like, it spread my seed, spread my genetic lottery. I was like, oh my god, Fucking you're hell. taking far too many drugs. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Go sit in a room for a while, man. <laughs> oh my god, what else did they say that was brilliant? Um, oh, the blonde girl. I'm sorry, I really just don't know anyone's names. I should have put like written down names, but the blonde one who's in the sorority was like, Harry's from Australia, and I literally have no idea where that is. Like, oh my god, Haley, yeah, sorry, oh. you don't know where Australia is. Like, oh, what? she was something else. She came away with some absolute, like gems and also she was just really like she was really she rude. was not there for a nice time was she no she was so rude she was just such like it was almost you know when someone's like too cool for school except she wasn't like air quotes cool at all <laughs> yeah <laughs> just she, no one liked her <laughs> nobody liked her and she was like i genuinely think she was in love with francesca really I, well did she was she not the one at the start that said that she basically was kind of bi because she said that she liked girls but she liked them basically skinny and basically looked like her she liked the barbie type ghetto and then she became like yeah really obsessive about francesca really quickly and i was like maybe she's into her and but they didn't really pick that up and so i don't know if i was picking up wrong but yeah that's maybe Maybe. So maybe they were trying to go down the sort of, you know, spice it up a little bit and bring in some non-heterosexual. And then mm. Harry, who was the Australian, uh, he was apparently on a show called Heartbreak Island before, in 2018, and he won that show with his previous girlfriend. Imagine doing two dating shows. What is wrong with you? He's going to be on Love Island next year, what are you talking about? Like... <laughs> Can the guy's just like imagine? a serial love reality show guy. Yeah, imagine that being your talent. Oh, I'm. <laughs> I go on reality TV shows about love and then find a girlfriend, and then split up with her two months later. Cool talent, oh bro. Um, what, what even was the premise of Heartbreak Island? I haven't googled it because I'm really not interested. <laughs> I don't feel as if I cared enough. Actually, <laughs> I just at this point there is. There are so many of these shows, but I don't know. With Love Island, at least I felt like, you know how it lasts for two months and it becomes, or maybe you don't feel like this. And I've only ever watched two series of it. And then I was like, I have to stop because it's too much. It's too much of a commitment. Um, Especially in the summer when it like starts, maybe not this summer, maybe this summer we could all do with Love Island. But when it gets to like 9pm and you're like, shit, Love Island's on. And that is like your life for two months. 
and you become so invested in these relationships because it's almost like real time. This just didn't have the same thing. I didn't realize how important that real time element is for a show like yeah. this. Yeah, I would say so because I think when Love Island's on, you there's a almost like a bit of a cult and there's a bit of tension built up as well because they always leave it on like the cliffhanger on on the night and everybody's talking about it and you've got your numerous group chats that are all talking about it and you, you've got your favourites, you're rooting for people, there's always that bit of shock mm. but I think it's more, it's not necessarily to do with the actual show because there's some episodes where there's absolutely nothing happens, you still watch it every night, I think it's kind of more it's more like the this cult following behind it, it's like everybody's talking about it, you go into the office and you grab a cup of tea and you're sitting for 20 minutes talking about whatever drama was on. Everyone is talking about this, but next week we'll be talking about something else because it's over yeah. so quickly. Yeah. And because so you like can this... sit and binge it in one sitting. So I almost feel like Netflix have shot themselves in the foot with that because mm. it's really just taken away any gravitas from it. I mean, not that it had any gravitas to start with, but if it did. Mm. Well, it's the same with Love is Blind, right? Because they dropped that. And like within a fortnight, everybody talked about it, done it. There's nothing else to say. But then maybe that's a problem with our society now and binge culture and impatience. Mm-hmm. And that's a whole other thing that we could go into, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. And budgets. I'm quite cause... bad for binging. But I've, oh my God, I've, same. I, if if it's there, I'm going to watch it. Well, I've started watching Killing Eve. I know I'm really late. Okay, I don't need any hate for that. <laughs> I know how late I am on it. But I've started watching it, and I am in love with Sandra Oh, and that's the thing. But basically, I have stopped myself from binging it by only watching one episode a night. And even if, like, even when it's, like, a big cliffhanger, like, I stop myself, and I only have one episode. And I don't know. I, I, I don't really know if there's any difference. Like, I don't know if I was just to binge watch it all in one weekend, that if I would just enjoy it the same. So with the new series... <laughs> They're only putting out an episode a week. And I was like, sorry? What's the point? Like, I would rather wait until the end of it and just watch all of it in one go. But is that not... Is that not... It's it's BBC, is it not? Yeah. So that's usually how they they do their dramas. No, I know. Of course it is. But like... (laughs) (laughs) But it's infuriating. (laughs) But it annoyed me. (laughs) (laughs) But back to the trash that is too hot to handle... Uh. What else is crap about it? Oh my god, the narrator is absolutely shocking. She's so bad. I also pointed out I also pointed out to you that her name was Desiree and I was like, that's ridiculous, lol, like they're just playing on the desire thing and yes, we get it and you're like, No, her name's actually Desiree. Her name is actually that and she's a apparently an American comedian. I I need to watch some of her work because I'm like I don't understand it. But then we've got very different sort of humours don't we British and American like oh so different our humours yeah. aren't even slightly the same um, but yeah I did not get her humour one bit no she was nothing on Ian Sterling no I mean Ian Sterling makes Love Island let's be honest yeah exactly yeah. Uh, she was awful um, the the really the one thing that I think is really different from like the rest of Love Island and stuff like that mm. was the weird ass workshops that they made them do. Mm. So that strange. was a bit odd. So so strange. A lovely bit of cheap physical comedy with uh, the women drawing their vaginas and talking to them. Very bizarre. And men rubbing clay on each other. Like why? It was just. It's just... I was, 
there was absolutely no need for any of that. I was like, this is weird at this point. And now just watching somebody look at her vagina. Yes. This yeah. isn't what I want to be doing. I mean, interesting to see their interpretations of vaginas or whatever, but, like, I really don't give a shit. Yeah. Yeah, it's also, like, I kind of feel like stuff like that is supposed to be, like, super deep and, like, meaningful. It's supposed to be them having, like, a massive, like, epiphany. Mm. But when you're, you're like, I don't know, sandwiching it between having that conversation and then somebody, like basically giving somebody a blowjob in a bed <laughs> and losing six grand. It's kind of like it loses that intensity and it's kind of like, yeah, don't really think you've grown much. I'm not going to lie. So what do you think you took from the entire show? Because I don't feel like I really took anything from the show apart from feeling a bit more sad about humanity. And yeah, yeah no, I, I just don't know. That. I just kind of felt like I didn't really understand the reason I kind of felt as if I was in like somebody that's addicted to sex, like a sex addict's rehab. But they're allowed to have sex. Like they don't get penalised for having sex apart from losing money. But then we know that the end makes no difference to them doing that anyway. So it's a bit like, what the fuck? Yeah. And they all just fucking have sex if they want to. They don't even really think about it. But that's what I mean. I think like the whole message of the program was to be a bit oh you need to you shouldn't kiss somebody or you shouldn't have sex with somebody straight away you need to like find out that person and I I don't know I just disagree with that like I don't I don't think that that's like necessarily a healthy message to be sending out there I think that if we're telling people or if the whole premise was to like tell people that you know they should get to know somebody on a deeper level before they have sex with them then I I don't necessarily think that's all that healthy it's like it's 2020 if you want to have sex with somebody um yeah following normal moral conventions and also using you know contraception very important exactly and and uh, also not when you're in quarantine unless you're living together exactly we're not going around to people's houses to have sex are we we are not we are not um no it's very bizarre the whole thing it's really lacking any kind of backbone yeah, I think that's pretty fair. To clarify what does happen at the ending, uh, so this is obviously a huge spoiler, but all of the couples and all of the contestants who are remaining, the money's split between yeah. all of them equally, which makes absolutely no sense. So if they've broken the rules, they still get the money and they still get the same amount of money as someone who hasn't broken any rules because apparently they've seen self-growth, which is the biggest crock of shit in my opinion ever. But here we are. I also think, like, I don't really know how much that they have actually learned anything. Because mm. people like uh, Kells, the accountant, who was hilariously angry at all times, um, <laughs> because everybody kept sleeping with each other and he was getting no action whatsoever. Um, and, like, Nicole and all those sort of characters that didn't really hook up with anybody, mm. then they haven't really been tested. So I don't know really how much they've actually learned from the experience and also don't really know how much the people that ends up coupled up learned either there's more chance of me eating my own right hand than of harry and francesca still being together however long oh my god for sure yeah oh yeah he was going to move to vancouver like that's going to happen good good one (laughs) sure okay then um 
And on that note, maybe let's leave it there. So if you've not watched it, probably don't bother. It's not really worth it. It's a waste of your time. But we did, so... And we got yeah. a podcast episode out of it. So, I mean, if it's not good for anything, it's been good for that. Well, there we go. Exactly. All is well, it ends well. So, if you feel like leaving us a review, please do, because it helps other people to find the podcast. And what with Lauren and I being new, to keep it candid, obviously not me, but Lauren, it would be nice <laughs> for us to get some constructive feedback. That's a nice way of putting Emphasis that, yeah. on constructive um no i'm kidding any feedback would be very very appreciated and you can find me at millie underscore cotton and you can find me at lauren underscore talks um take care stay home stay safe stay stay. (laughs) i just need to fucking sign out stay home stay safe and take care everyone yeah take care guys thanks for listening bye bye